Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Three Northern Makers podcast. I'm Steve from Steve Bell Creates, and I'm joined by the very handsome Andy from Potato Woodworks and the fabulous Pierre, who is the Swedish maker. So, on with the show. Well, here we are with episode 39. Uh, we're still laughing from last week. It was such a good, fun episode. Uh, I hope you haven't been sitting on any ant nests. Uh, just sitting in your underpants, drinking beer and not going out seems like so much good fun. And, and full I just of honey. Ask, <laughs> yeah, smothered in honey, mustard and God knows what else. And I just want to say to the boys, how do varit valeftia? Have we been what? to Wellefteå in the city? <laughs> Wellefteå. Yeah, the city, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, the oh. city of Wellefteå. Yeah. Have I, haven't, I haven't. No, I haven't. No. How come? Oh, yeah. Because did you know what it's famous for? Mm, it's no. a city in the north of Sweden. Steel? Mm. Not steel. What's this podcast Pierre all is about? Googling. What, yeah. No, I'm not Googling. <laughs> What's this podcast all about? Uh, three Wood. idiots. Wood. Wood. Yeah, Wood. Three idiots. Wood. Wood. Wood, yeah. Yeah, they have built a wooden skyscraper. No way. Yes. They define built... a skyscraper. How high is it? So they have built a 20-story, 75-meter-high Sarah Cultural Center named after the popular Swedish author. It's uh, a, a big uh, structure. It houses um, a culture. It has six, uh, six theater stages, a library, two art galleries, a conference center, and a 205-bedroom hotel. What? And is it fully built only, out of wood? Yeah. It's built out of wood, yes. Like fully. Yeah. It's not just cladding with wood. No, no, no. No, no. It's all built out of wood. Oak. <laughs> it says it says that the trees, the timber came from um, twelve thousand cubic meters of wood was harvested from the forests just sixty kilometers from the town. So birch. didn't say what type of for, uh, wood. No, it just says wood from near the near the city. Huh? Very yeah. interesting. And yeah. It'll capture nine million kilograms of carbon dioxide through its lifetime. Imagine how fast that burns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I looked tonight, you can get a room in the hotel for £131. Hmm. Huh? Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess we have to. I mean, the first, uh, the first three Northern Makers uh, meeting <laughs> expedition. <laughs> yeah. Because it's way up north, isn't it? Yeah, it's way up north. Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd all be all over the wooden skyscraper. Is that a new thing? Is that like done? Have they done that recently, or is that like an old thing? Must have been built in the last couple of years. Mm. It yeah. It says it opened its doors in September, but it doesn't say which year. <laughs> ah. Maybe last year. <laughs> maybe maybe it's last year. Um, Where do you find all this stuff, Steve? But yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's all about preparation for this podcast, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but what 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 did you Google when when you uh, found first this? of all? I thought, uh, what can I talk about tonight? I thought I could talk about the clocks going forward, but that seems a bit obvious. Did you put your clocks forward yesterday? No. No, no, we don't do that. <laughs> you don't do it? 
I'm anti-turning my clock forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when you say it's seven o'clock Swedish time, it really means about four o'clock. <laughs> I was an hour late for work today. I said, oh. I just said, I'm not turning my watch. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> just for six months. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought I could ask about it. I thought that's a bit tame, isn't it? And then I thought uh, I'll look for some sort of funny Swedish greeting. Mm. But they were written on. And well, I think we've done some of them before. And then I thought I'll look for some Swedish news, see what's going on in the news in Sweden. And I read that that came up on this newspaper article. Did wow. you read Aftonbladet? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I got that. Interesting factory. It looks very stylish, the hotel, when you look at it online. Mm. The building. Does it have a name, the whole thing? Yeah, the Sarah something center. She's a famous author. You should know this, Andy. Now I have to Google it. Yeah, you can Google it now and have a look. Ah. I just Google wooden skyscraper. Sweden. Oh, fancy. It looks fancy, doesn't it? It doesn't look like, it looks like Kumiko. <laughs> Giant Kumiko. <laughs> I hope they've used some good glue in this building, don't you? Oh no, I found another one. Mm-hmm. Wooden skyscraper in Stockholm will be blah 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 blah. So I didn't find the one in um, in Skellefteå. Here, this isn't it good? Swedish plywood. Swedish plywood. <laughs> Swedish plywood. Swedish birch plywood. Is that what it's made of? Probably. They said, you know, uh, making these, uh, what do you call it, uh, little panels, pre-construction of this thing, made it much easier with wood. Mm -hmm. And it's much uh, more friendly to the planet and easier to do. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you say this place, the word is, Pierre? Quileftio. Yeah. So for our listeners... I'll just explain to you. So say it again, Pierre. What's it called? Hueleftio. Yeah, it's spelled S-K-E-L-L-E-F-T-E-A. Just like it sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the L's are in there, right? <laughs> hey, I think it's easy to understand Finnish than this lot, man. <laughs> How would you have said it then, Steve? Well, I would have said it. Let me just have a look at it again. I think I would have said something like Skelefta. Oh, where's the A? Oh. Uh, on the end. Skelefti. Skelefti. We would have understood that, I think. Skelefti? Yeah, like like T in the end. Yeah, like T. But it's it's a W in it. W. A Q. How do you say it then again? Or, I would say the whole word. Queleftio. See, you used a Q. Am I not all? Queleftio, you said, didn't you? <laughs> Let's write an email to Queleftio City and explain. Yeah. They have to respell the name. Yeah, could you and spell may- it? And maybe they can invite us over as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, have they got three rooms in that hotel? Yeah, we need a fourth to record the podcast. Yeah. yeah, there is there is a spa and sauna there as well. So. Yeah, so we'll record it in the sauna with honey all over our bodies. 
that that would make for a great picture for for the episode on Instagram. Us in <laughs> Us honey. Three rubbing ourselves in honey. <laughs> <laughs> We're not rubbing each other with honey, just ourselves. No, each other. No, it would be better each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Steve, I've oh, seen yeah. you have a nice uh, phone case in wood. Is that correct? I do have a nice phone case in wood, yeah. Is it real wood? Da, 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 da. No, it's plastic wood. <laughs> <laughs> wood effect. <laughs> I was, I've been tempted to build one, but I think it's a bit, I'm not sure how possible that is to do that. Yeah. So that you can fit it on the phone, right? Yeah. I've seen people make leather ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, wood, how are you going to get it to, uh, be so bendy that it can be so bendy. Yeah. You'd have to use the shaper to, to cut it, cut the middle out, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Or two pieces that slide in and then some joinery. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of dovetails. Um, (laughs) This is one of those, uh, moment cases, you know, that you stick the little lenses on. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have that. Yeah, I've got a couple of little lenses. Yeah, I've got a, a wide-angle lens and a telephoto lens and a uh, anamorphic lens. Mm. Wow! Ooh, How good are they? It. <laughs> yeah, I have one. Yeah. <laughs> how good are they? Uh, they're really good, Pia. Yeah, yeah. For I how think, long uh, have you had them? Oh, I've had them now about two hours, three or four, three or four years. <laughs> really? oh, wow. Three or four years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're them? they're as good as your phone is, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah, they need the, the lens of the phone, but they do enhance the thing. The anamorphic one's good because you get like, it looks like cinematic sort of footage, you know, and you get mm. the lens flares and stuff. Mm. If you, I, yeah. tried, I tried to make Pierre buy one of those anamorphic <laughs> ones. <laughs> he, he didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him make you buy stuff, Pierre. He does it all yeah. the time. This week yeah. he said, you need a new computer, and I just yeah. I had to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> this week you need a Tormek. Yeah, I do. I saw his and his reel about sharpening his chisels, yeah. and I immediately yeah. thought he made it look so easy. I really yeah. need a Tormek. Okay, but then, then when you I went had and bought one, <laughs> I didn't. But when I when I wrote that to him, he said it's really hard sharpening. <laughs> Tell yeah, us about your experience sharpening, Andy. Yes, yeah, you so the cash again. I need to. I need to say, like sharpening chisels, I think is quite easy on the Tormek. I think it's almost as easy as it looks like on the real. So because it's a flat, it's a flat edge, right? So it's yeah, it's it's quite simple. But still, I think I need to. I, I struggle still with like getting the right, setting the right angle to make it really perfect. I think that's that's also a challenge that you get better, especially if you have a not really perfect one in the beginning of course if you have one that has a perfect whatever 25 degree angle i think then it's easier to set that right but if you have one that is not the correct angle and you want to put it down to 25 then i think it's i still struggle i mean it's like as it is with everything you need to you need to do it a lot to to get some kind of uh yeah then you get the skills to to use it properly mm-hmm. but where it's like very tricky and maybe it was a bad idea the first, the first thing when i did i unpacked it and i started sharpening kitchen knives and <laughs> <laughs> it like if you watch youtube like it looks so simple it's just like whoop, whoop, 
ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, but yeah it it uh, it wasn't and i mean also there it was even more complicated to set the right angle because i don't know if the because they say like most of the knives it depends a bit on which ones but most of the blades are like on a 20 or on a 15 de- degree angle but then i set it on 15 degrees but it didn't look like that the knife had that angle before or it was i mean it was completely dull i have to say like the knife was in a horrible shape otherwise i wouldn't have tried it because i thought like whatever i do it's gonna be better than what it is now Mm. but yeah now it has quite a lot like quite a large (laughs) bevel in you're just left with a handle now (laughs) (laughs) i'm a very very thin blade now yeah like a stiletto No, but it it worked. I mean, it is, uh, yeah. I think there, it's, as I said, as if you don't have like a, just a straight edge to to sharpen, then it's going to be tricky. I think then you just need like some routine and like some experience to to do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, they are better than they were before <laughs> the kitchen knife. So yeah, I think <laughs> it was not a it was not a bad thing. They don't look so good anymore, but uh, <laughs> it was it was fun. Okay. Cool. Because on the on the last podcast we talked about the competition, and you said you didn't win, so you went out and bought one because you didn't win one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you entered any more competitions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I must buy it because I didn't win it. Yeah. It was just like frustration. No, I mean, I've 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 been talking about the Tormek since I think yeah. the first episode that we started recording the podcast. So, I I uh, I managed to not buy it for a very long time for thirty nine episodes, right? Okay. Uh, but yeah, I uh, decided to go for it. Yeah. So you don't need to buy one, Pierre. Just send your chisels over to Andy. I, I have will. a funny a funny babble after. <laughs> it might be very short. <laughs> <laughs> My wife got me a, a set of Japanese chisels. And when I read through the little pamphlet that came with the chisels, it said the first thing you should do is sharpen them. And I was like, oh, man, couldn't they just sharpen them before <laughs> sending them out? I need so to just sh- a piece of metal. <laughs> yeah. So I still haven't sharpened them because. I, ah, oh, man. Yeah. Talking about sharpening, have you guys ever had your blades for the table saw sharpened? No. I, know I heard you could just send them away and they sharpen you can them. You sharpen them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they charge, though, for that. Me neither, but I, I, it would be less than buying a new blade, right? Is it really so. with shipping and everything? I'm not sure. Yeah. I remember as a... Uh, a very young teenager, my dad used to take his hand saws to the guy to get them sharpened again. Mm-hmm. And they would resharpen the hand saws. Mm-hmm. And they would come back and they were vicious when they came back. Mm-hmm. They were like Andy's kitchen knives, their teeth on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pierre, you could just send them over. I can, I can sharpen <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> They'd come back like a mini disc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Huh? One tooth. <laughs> <laughs> like a saber. <laughs> hey. And a note, go extremely slow through the table saw. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a ripped blade. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey. I keep getting uh, adverts for uh, Tormek lookalikes. 
Yeah, because I'd love to on on, on, uh, on Instagram or on no in a, on emails. Mm-hmm. Like Ax- Axminster keeps sent they do a, a one like atomic one. They keep sending me adverts. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rutland's do one and they keep sending me this. They've obviously someone somewhere is listening to this podcast or what we're talking about <laughs> and sending targeting me with these adverts. Does the Axe Minister one have the, the jigs as well as the Tormic? I think, I'm not too sure, but I think so. Because they, they had some money offered. Let me just yeah. uh, do this. Um, <laughs> we had an email. We had an email this week. Oh. Yeah. You make it sound like we never get one. I mean, we get well, so many. You just pick the special <laughs> one, right? <laughs> it's very nice when we get any. Uh, listeners, please send emails to three northern makers at gmail.com. So we got an email. It's it's directed at Andy. Oi. Yeah. Well, it's it's oh god. I can't how am I supposed to say his name? Christopher Jardema. S J A A R D M D E M A. S J. What's that? S J A A R D E M A. Is he it said, Dutch? I don't know. Anyway, he says, uh, firstly, I love the podcast. That's what we like to hear now. Thank you Thanks. all. Uh, I've heard you talking briefly about Arbitech tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Comparing them to the Stumpy Nubs video. He, he, this uh, Christopher says he was talking about the carving tools that held a small chainsaw style chain in between a couple mm. of discs mm. that are then attached to the grinder. The Arbitech, I'm sure, could be dangerous if buried directly in end grain. But I doubt anybody with experience would do that, would they, Andy? <laughs> I put that on the end. He didn't no, say Oh, no, they would never do that. Why would they? Would they? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Christopher. Jardin. Yeah, now I remember when I hear that. Yes, it was this like very weird chainsaw-like blade that, that uh, he pulled on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Ah, good. That sounds just weird to do that. Like, who buys that? Yeah. It's just an accident waiting to happen on so many levels, isn't it? Mm. Your shirt could get caught in the chains. (laughs) 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 That would be very bad. But nice to get get an email. It's a nice nice email, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Send Send us more. Send us more emails, yeah. Or DMs. Yeah. Or whatever. Letters. Letters, postcards, food parcels. Free gifts, <laughs> tools, <laughs> honey. <laughs> what else happened this week? Uh, Pierre had a nice video out this week. I did. Hmm? Almost nobody saw it, but <laughs> I did I post the video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, uh, Pierre, I've watched the video. All Fant- right, fantastic video. But you're probably your best. Oscar, Oscar, for real? video. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> 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 it was great. No, I also it was great. Um, I think the uh, the clothing choices were excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the the wardrobe lady needs a uh, massive pat on the back because the the outfits were fantastic. Yeah. I particularly love the opening t shirt. I'll uh, I'll give her a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, it is very. I know people have said that room is small, but it is small, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's small. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to film in there with the, even with the wide angle lens that I have now, it's hard yeah. to film in there. I, yeah. I'm, I'm mostly giving up on it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I barely had any footage as well. So I had to make it. I, I was thinking, how can I make this a video really? So I thought mm. maybe if I just talk about the, the electric floor heating and I wasn't expecting it to be watched by anyone really but i i did i did try out the tube body service oh, they have right, like yeah. a, a, a like a legend uh, i think it's called tube body legend mm-hmm. um that i tried out and you can do a, like a search for your video and see you uh search for the keywords and you can search for the title if it's going to be good uh so I am hoping this video will do good in searches eventually, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Because of the, you need to watch before you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but because the electric floor heating is quite a small arena. So it said, you're good in this, in this arena, you can do good. Um, so I'm not sure, but eventually it might climb the ladder of use. Or it won't. Who, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Uh, but you've got to say, Pierre, it's so good on your feet. Oh, feet! <laughs> feet! <laughs> That's a Friends uh, reference. Have you guys watched Friends? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. it's Ross who say, say yeah. Yeah. something about feet. Yeah, you sounded very Ross-like. Mother-in-law update. She's still here. here. (laughs) But that was that was supposed to happen, right? She's going tomorrow, right? No, she was supposed to go this morning. (laughs) She's supposed to go at eight o'clock this morning. But so the lady she was going to stay with tonight had COVID before, so Joyce Mm -hmm. couldn't go. But then she got over COVID. Anyway, her son who lives with her has now got COVID. Oh man! <laughs> so she's going in the morning tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. And she got a nice uh, kitchen spoon. She got a nice, yeah, little uh, spatula. Yeah, I forgot all about that. I, I bought these spatulas. Uh, um, I wanted to ask you if you did the spatula yourself as well, or no, if you only the, the uh, They cost me fifty pence, Andy. <laughs> fifty p for a spatula, and uh, I thought. I saw them in the shop. I thought I, should, I could buy a couple of them and engrave them for like uh, Mother's Day. So I forgot all about them till the actual Mother's Day. So I nipped in the workshop and uh, just lasered a quick thing on there. So she was over the moon. Okay. Nice. Uh, so she's going home with a lot of wooden products. She is going home with uh, lots of wooden things, yeah, for her and her daughter and her friends. Every, Did you make her a bird? Shh. I haven't made a bird. <laughs> I've not made a bird, but yeah. I drew one, but then I haven't had time to cut it out. You still have time. What? When I finish the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I made a, um, a th- this is very hard to say this. I want you to say this three times after I've said it. Yeah, I, I made, read it. I, read. I made a, a thin strip Rip jib. 
<laughs> I tried it when I saw this post when you wrote that you should say the fast. I failed after the first one already. <laughs> yeah, thin strip rib jig. <laughs> so yeah, I made one of them. That was uh, that turned out really good. I was quite pleased with that because mm-hmm. I'd mentioned before about making these um, shaker box mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. and I obviously need to cut some wood quite thin to start with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like. I always get a bit nervous when the thin bit is next to the fence. About yeah. you guys, mm, me too. Yeah, but yeah, that very. always, you know, I always feel uncomfortable making that sort of cut, especially when not having a zero clearance insert plane. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to put loads of tape down. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, like um, masking tape or whatever. Mm. I put it on the table, both sides of the blade. Yeah, and have that, you not made a, a zero clearance insert? Plane? No, I keep meaning like everything in life. <laughs> I must make one of them. I will do one yeah. tomorrow because I need. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, can I you tell me what 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 to use the zero? What's the purpose of it? How does it work, really? Exactly. I'm not sure. This right, or at least now. Now we're breaking off from Steve's story here. That's okay. But but because I need to do very thin strips as well. But maybe I should build what you build, Steve. Because I need to for the Kumiko. I need to have three millimeter strips. Right. And I cannot cut that on the like towards the fence of the table saw because no. they will just fall directly into the into, into the plate saw. There. So that's yeah. why I was thinking of building a plate so that they are not falling in. Yeah. So I guess that's. But, the, I don't know if there's another use case of having one instead of, besides like having not fold the cuts or the pieces into the into the saw. Yeah. 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 I think the other other reason is you get a much better cut on the bottom of the wood because it's mm. just the width of the blade. Mm. So you get less tear out on the bottom of a piece of wood, Pierre. Mm. Mm. And also, it's much safer when cutting thin strips because they don't fall into the saw or get stuck. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I made this thin strip rip jig. <laughs> Looks super good. Like, yeah, it, uh, it even had some like lasered uh, ruler on, right? Yeah, so I made it just out of a couple of bits of MDF that were lying around. And uh, I found some old knobs. And um, I use the shaper to um, the the extendable arm bit that goes towards the blade is in a groove, which I use the shaper to make that groove like two millimeters thick. That groove, and uh, I cut the slot in the extendable bit, which has a knob on, so you can tighten it down for the width that you want. And then I uh, made a ruler on the laser, yeah, which I ju- I just drew it in Lightburn, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then I made a, cut a little piece of plastic out, uh, acrylic, on the laser with a little scored lining, and then put the heat gun on and bent it over and screwed it to the side of the jig so it looks like a little uh, gauge. Mm-hmm. And um, pushed the jig thing hard up against the tooth of the blade and set that plastic thing to zero and screwed it in. And then just moved it along on the uh, gauge that the ruler had made to like three millimeters, say, tightened it off. Cut the move, put the wood against the edge of the jig, bring the fence over so it touches the thing so it's tight. Run the strips, and they came out like three millimeters. I was I was nice. astounded at how good nice. they were. Yeah. Wow. So perfect. I saw there was a question on that on that post that like how how it's tightening, right? So that yes. And can you explain that? Is it really like pushing the wood apart? Then yeah. So uh, some people have uh, cut a piece of. Uh, MDF, the width of the slot on the mitre mm. slot on the table saw, 
and then cut a, 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 a slot again in the middle of that where a bolt would go through. Yes. And then you can't put, put a, so you drill a countersink hole first in the middle of the piece of wood and you cut the slot. And if you put the bolt, as you tighten the bolt from the top, it pulls it into the piece mm. of wood slots and it expands the, the wood. Mm. And then okay, it that's sticks. enough. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's very hard to explain. The, the guy did say, can you make a YouTube video out of it? But <laughs> I might just send him a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and how thin do you, can you go? Did you try it, going really thin? I've gone uh, two millimeters and one millimeter PA, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So you could make your own veneer, edge banding veneer. Yeah, you could, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I was quite pleased with it. And I just put some uh, machine wax on it just to, you know, to put a bit of finish on it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it works really good. Nice. So I was pleased with it. So yeah, so I've been ripping strips, but I do need to make a zero clearance plate. You're right. <laughs> uh, I mean, how I was just thinking today how to do it. I would just take the one I have out, trace it, rough cut it on the band, so and then flush trim it. Or is there a more yeah, that's that's, a, no, com- that's more the... complicated way of doing it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it, isn't it? It's just uh, I suppose it's sometimes it's the underside of the thing that's the problem. Because you need to uh, get it the right depth so it fits flush with the top of the saw, mm. don't you? Mm. And then some saws have other things sticking up underneath, so you need mm. to maybe take a bit more away or whatever. So it's not just a simple case of cutting the shape. I'll have a look, otherwise I use tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I saw we could, t- Or you could just 3D print it. Download and 3D print. <laughs> Yeah. How? How? Oh no, you don't have a 3D printer. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> then Craig needs to start printing again. <laughs> uh, I saw a good tip for uh, when you make your own insert plate and you want to get it totally flush with the bed of the table, mm-hmm. and that is to use a bit of hot glue under on it at the bottom and then pressure down into the hot glue when the hot glue sets then it's fl- you, you know you've made it flush mm. and you can just that. pop it off again I guess. and you can just peel it off because it doesn't stick to the metal or you can mm. put a bit of wax on before you put the hot glue on yeah so it like sort of levels it out a bit cool mm. so before the next podcast we'll have a zero clearance plate of three of them one three 3D them. printed one 3D printed, two made of wood. <laughs> One thrown away already from me. Yeah. <laughs> what would you make it out of, Andy? What sort of wood? Whatever is left, though. Whatever's left, <laughs> yeah. Some some oak, I think. I have a lot of oak. Oak, yeah. Oak, plywood, something like that. You think plywood works? Uh, it's well, a bit hard be. because you need to have the exact height of the plywood, right? Otherwise, it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Or you plane um, it down. Are you plane it down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the chisels out here, and you just you just take off a layer of plywood with those very sharp chisels. Yeah, yeah I have nothing better to do with all day than doing that. <laughs> a hand-carved inset plate. <laughs> Can you melt the glue between the the plywood sheets? <laughs> <laughs> and peel off layer by layer, <laughs> layer by layer. Yeah. Yeah. You could soak it in a bath of water and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then glue it back together. Yeah. So, since we were talking about you already, Steve, did you 
did you build your steamer? So yeah, I've got I've got steamer steamer update. Steamer so, Steve. Steamer Steve, yeah, and he's updated. So I was thinking about building the steamer and I thought we talked last time about making it out of a pipe, didn't we? Mm-hmm. A few people make mm-hmm. it out of a pipe. Mm-hmm. The trouble with a pipe is the largest diameter pipe I can lay my hands on is 110 millimeters wide. Mm-hmm. Which is fine if you're just cutting thin strips, isn't it? But I need yeah. pieces of wood that are at least, uh, I don't know, I need to think of a, I could say it in inches, <laughs> about eight inches wide. So 20. What's, yeah. yeah. I'm good with it, you know. I'm yeah, doing so comical. You, you, Everything is in inches. You, yeah, oh, you're just a human calculator now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, something about 20 centimeters wide. So, they wouldn't fit in the pipe. Mm. So, therefore, I'd have to make a box. Mm. And uh, we talked about last time could you make one out of plywood? Mm. Well, in my research, which basically involves me sitting on the sofa with a couple of tins of beer, a massive <laughs> bag of crisps, and YouTube, um, People make them out of all sorts of wood. Uh, anything, basically. One MDF guy, too. Does that work? Uh, uh, I didn't see any MDF. <laughs> I saw plenty of plywood ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, like our thickness of plane up here came in a plywood box. Mm-hmm. This guy made a steamer out of the plywood that came, that was very similar to that. It came, I think his table saw came in it. All right. And he just reinforced the corners with thicker wood at the corners on the inside. Mm-hmm. And he just made a sort of like a, a, a six millimeter thin door that you just lifted out like a up and down slot mm. and you just wedge it in the bottom and he steamed wood great in that. And okay. how, how is the inside? Do you put something in there or is it just? No, he just, he just steamed away. And not like you don't need to like whatever silicone, the seams or something like that. No, because the, the steam will melt it all. Mm. So they just screw it all together. And away you go. Mm. And he steamed, he steamed some really good wood. But, and then I saw people make it out of like uh, pine or uh, cherry or whatever. I saw some really nice ones and a few pipe ones. And then I came across this boat builder. And I've forgotten his name now. I should have written his name down. A boat builder who, the keel of the boat, he builds wooden boats. And it's, it's a huge piece of wood lengthwise, isn't it? The keel of a boat. Mm. And it needs to be bent. Mm. And so he steam bends it. And he steams it in a plastic bag. <laughs> so you can buy a, a plastic bag on a roll that has no fixed ends, if you like, like a tube, a plastic tube. Mm-hmm. And he rolls, it, he rolls it out and puts the piece of wood, the keel of the boat, inside this plastic bag. It is just a plastic, long plastic bag. Mm. And he he puts a couple of clamps on the end of that, and he cut a hole in the plastic, stuck his steamer in, and then he steamed the wood in the plastic bag, and all his clamps are ready, and he steamed it for a few hours, and then he actually clamped, bent the wood whilst it was still steaming in the plastic bag to his form. Cool. And then once it it all cooled, he just took a Stanley knife, slit the plastic bag off, and it was all done. So Where do you buy I, this bag? <laughs> I don't know where you buy this bag. But then I found this other guy. Uh, I mean, these, some of these videos were like a few years old. 
And this other guy was in his garage and he just had a plastic rubble bag. What is it? And he steamed. Bag? Like, you know, to put rubble in, like all bricks and stuff. Like it's a heavy duty plastic bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, bent loads of different. Uh, he had this, uh, I think it was ash that was about uh, two, or, two or three millimeters thick and he was making an arch. Mm-hmm. And he stacked them all up inside the plastic bag on like lolly sticks so the steam could get between each piece. And he just rolled the bag up, put some clamps on it, stuck the steamer in, and hey presto, he steamed, he bent all these thick pieces of ash into an arch. <laughs> so today I went and purchased six bags. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going to have a little go, a little test of steaming a piece of wood. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of steamer, I like uh, I got a post on I don't know, I think it was one one of those like more uh, on the hashtag on a hashtag post where a mm. guy built a steamer. I was thinking, oh nice. He used a normal plastic pipe but did it so complicated, like very special reinforced, like a special angle, and then he did special lids with a special hole, and then he like yeah. hot like uh used a hot uh, like a heat gun to heat up the the ends and then he uh, tightly fitted in that, oh, that lid yeah, yeah. and then he had like yeah. a, like one of those strap clamps and like it looked very very complicated i was thinking is it really necessary to do it that that complicated yeah so i uh, well you can, you can get bogged in the bag food can you and you can microwave food in the bag so i'm going to try and bend some wood in a bag yeah i think that sounds that sounds perfect <laughs> yeah yeah and they're were, they were only pence these bags they didn't cost much at all i think it was like two pounds thirty for six but nothing so, special, just normal plastic bags. Just, just heavy-duty, clear plastic bags, um, so you can see what's going on inside the bag. So, you know, that's mm. why I got the clear ones. Um, and the other tip I got for bending wood, uh, I think uh, Monkey Boy Sam said that uh, kiln-dried wood is doesn't steam very well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So Monkey Boy said kiln-dried wood doesn't steam very well you need to soak it don't you before and he soaked his uh, in water beforehand before he steamed it mm-hmm. uh the the the, the uh, guy who did the archway he soaked his wood in a dish of water and he put in some fabric conditioner <laughs> and a few people who had kiln dried wood soaked it in water with fabric conditioner <laughs> and there's something in the fabric conditioner that reactivates the the glue between the fibers of the wood, so it makes it easier to bend. Mm-hmm. So right. I will lash a bit of uh, Lenore is the one in this country. <laughs> I'll put a cap full of that in a dish and stick some <laughs> wood in it. Nice, nice smelling bent wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you're steaming it, it'll smell of like you know lavender or whatever, won't it? <laughs> Cotton fresh. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, it's more so, like forest fresh, right? Yeah, forest for pine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was a good idea. So it was a good bit of research, yeah. Big family bag of crisps, four pack of beers, and a few videos. Yeah. <laughs> it's covered in crumbs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh. I thought that was a good thing, don't you? Yeah. 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 Really curious to hear next Monday. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll give you an update next Monday. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, tomorrow or the day after, I'm going to steam this stuff. Yeah, uh, I've got a steamer. Um, 
I just want to, I was just trying to think of where to put this bag because I don't want to get my workbench all wet with water. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do need to put a little hole in the opposite end to let the steam come out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just on the floor or not? Yeah, just on the floor. Yeah. Put a bucket at the bottom. Yeah. I could do it on the floor. Yeah. Or I've got, I think I've got a really old bit of plywood. I could just put it on there on my workmate or something. Yeah. Mm. I'll try that. So apart from a video, Pierre, have you done anything exciting? Uh, yeah, I was talking about the coffee table I was going to build from the uh, the wooden floor we had last week. Mm. So I did mm. that this weekend. Um, I had, like, Sunday was going to be my work day, as I said last oh, yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. So I went up really early. We also re-pushed uh, the clock, as we said earlier. Uh, one hour, uh, but I I went up at like five o'clock. Went to the garage and I wanted to fill some of the knots with epoxy. And I had this quick setting epoxy. It took like three to four hours the last time. So I put that on. Then I waited like three hours. Then I went out into the garage and it was still <laughs> very very soft, <laughs> like. Like nothing had happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I, I, I really want to use this time to sand the rest of the, the coffee table to, to be able to finish it this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I waited another uh, couple of hours until lunch. I went back there, still really soft. <laughs> <laughs> but Did you use my epoxy? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what happened. I, I was... When I was mixing it up, I poured a little bit too much of the hardener in there, but I just thought that that can't should be, be an the issue. opposite, right? Yeah, it should <laughs> yeah, be the opposite. Make it go harder, quicker, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know what happened, but I I couldn't sand it for the entire day. So I just felt this <laughs> like I can't do anything. I'm just stuck here. <laughs> just sat watching epoxy dry. Yeah. I spent the time in the garage anyway, did some uh, cleaning up, and I I kept going back to the epoxy, pushing it. Well, still not dry. Man. <laughs> so today, after I got back from work, I actually went out there, sanded it all off, and um, did the hard wax oil finish. The last part of a project is always my worst part of the project because I still think it's too boring to sand, and give it a finish. You want to? I I did the water popping at least, but I I barely sanded it afterwards. I was so lazy today. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'll just put the finish on. There was dust everywhere in the workshop, and I was like, I can't be bothered. I'm just gonna wipe it off and hope for the best. <laughs> but if if I had time and if I was gonna sell this coffee table, now we're just gonna use it. Uh, for whatever in the in the house because the kids will ruin it anyways so it doesn't really matter but if i, I if i were to make it for a client i would be sanding it for another day right but mm-hmm. now i i couldn't be bothered i could could really make it a really nice piece of furniture but i i can't find find the, it's just going to be a video right <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Pierre. So now you're not doing it, it for anything. Sad. You're only doing it for the video. Yeah. Yeah, for the video and to have a new coffee table at least. Yeah, but it's made out of pine. And you know, pine, even 
touching it seems like you make dents in the pine. It's so, so soft. But still, I remember like all the furniture we had in our house when I was little growing up was made out of pine. pine. Yeah. pine yeah. Beds were made out of pine, tables out of pine. I guess your parents said like, oh, those damn kids are just going to ruin it anyways. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yes. Shall I paint it, honey? No, don't bother. The kids are just going to ruin it. <laughs> Should I sand it? No, no, no. Oh, it's, don't yeah, it's fine. It. Yeah, don't even wipe the spills off. Just leave it. <laughs> leave it. <laughs> but then I was curious because I heard another podcast talking about the finish that we always talk about. Uh, and they said, like, it's called monocoat, right? But they were talking about that just doing one coat doesn't really do it for them. They almost always do two coats to get that really nice satin finish. Are they are they using Rubio Duo coat or what? <laughs> yeah, they they were count, kind of talking about like it's a good finish, but they were talking about it like it's yeah, it's a marketing thing, but. Really, if you want to get a really nice finish, you should do two coats on most darker woods, at least. Because mm. it was, is it was invented and this, for oh, a floor cover. It was invented for floors, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. And you wouldn't put two coats on the floor. They just used the one. Mm. Mm. Are they are they sanding it in between, or they just put on another one on top of the other one? I think another one, but that that wouldn't do. I, I'm not sure if they were talking about the the colored or just the pure, because, because it cannot it cannot bond anymore, right? Because that's the whole thing that that the the oil is bonding with the wood fibers in a very special way, and mm -hmm. as soon as that is on, there it's completely sealed. So you cannot. I, I don't know how how that second layer is going to bond with anything on it. Mm. Yeah, I was curious about that as well. Um, but I'm not sure. I know what they mean, though. There are times when you've made, done something with Rubio, and you would like it to be a little bit more, a bit more of a sheen to it. Mm. It sometimes does feel a bit too flat, doesn't it? Mm. But none of you guys have tried ever doing two coats of the of the pure. No. 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 But I, 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 I tell late. a lie. I tell a lie. What I did today, I uh, I, I got my little box of uh, samples out. And I thought, I'll put some of Andy's favorite Rubio, ice brown, on this piece of wood. So I put the ice brown. I did one in black, or charcoal, isn't it? Charcoal. Mm. I did one of these, one piece in charcoal. And I thought, I'll do the other one in ice brown. So I put the ice brown on. And I thought, this looks like a turd. So <laughs> What wood have you used? <laughs> it was um, oak. It was oak. Really? And I put, I put the ice brown on. And I thought it looks like a turd. So That's why I like quickly, it. I quickly got the black or the charcoal <laughs> and threw loads of charcoal on and put that over the top. <laughs> <laughs> so kind we of have a, a mix. camouflage turd, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's more black than turd-like at the moment, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was two very quick coats. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Maybe that's good as long as it hasn't dried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I haven't done anything else than the coffee table, really. I ho I'm hoping to be able to finish it like this week so that I can start working on something else uh, for the weekend. Mm. But I was kind of wondering, have you used the sander more, Andy? Which sander? 
The orb, the random orbital. It's gone already. What do you mean gone? No, I haven't. I haven't tried it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I mean, you know, as I said, I, I only tried it with the with this weird sandpaper that was that was coming with right in the, in mm. the box, which looked very strange as well. But now I got some uh, some Sia uh, sandpaper. Uh, yeah, from from the UK, from Works. Yeah, he sent mm. it over. I haven't tried it though, uh, because I had, I had nothing to sand, and I thought it's a bit stupid just sand a block of wood if I don't really want to, <laughs> don't need it. So no, I haven't I haven't uh, tried it more yet. Yeah, I, we had a discussion about what paper to use on uh, on the Discord that we have. Mm. Yeah, uh, I've been using the three M paper. I'm the, ex- I'm the extract one. The extract the one, one. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not having the same uh, experience as you with the lower grit papers, Steve. I yeah, don't see any any purple, purple dust. dust. <laughs> no, I don't have any you're not purple sanding dust. It. Well, Pierre, you've just said you didn't even sand the table. You're not using it enough, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just running it upside down. Huh? It just goes <laughs> once, just once over it. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve, are you using it on a 150 or one a 125 machine? 150. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I said, I've got two boxes of it. I've got the 80 grit and the 120 grit of the extract. Mm. And I'll take it out. I think I'll use that. And then within no time at all, I'm taking that off and I'm putting the same Abernet version on. And that's so much better. Can't tell Are you, you keeping the pads, the, the extract ones? The I one. keep the extract ones for a bit of light hand sanding. Yeah. For about another three years, they'll be good. For the net. So you're just polishing with the <laughs> net, though, <or>? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few little bits on the edge, you see. You might get them, you know. Little fine details. Huh? Mm. But, Speaking of but, which, people keep sending me videos now. Yeah, I saw of that. Of them throw, <laughs> throwing sandpaper discs away. Saying, Do you you want made a sandpaper? thing out of it, no? <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy it. <laughs> well, no, but I, I think the the 3M paper is really good. Uh, I haven't tried the Abrinet paper though, so mm-hmm. I, I can't say anything about that. But I I've used the um, I've used the pen trick. Do you do you guys do that when sanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the pen on you. Yeah, and um, I've I, I've at least tried it uh, with the 80 grit sandpaper on my 120 sander. It's a Bosch mm-hmm. one. And it's a huge difference in material removing, removing. Mm-hmm. But that is just that's not the 3M paper on that one. But yeah, it's a huge difference. What on back to the sand or the noise? Maybe if whatever sandpaper you put on, like either the one that was supplied with in the box or or also the Sia paper, it's kind of two holes aligned with the actual holes of the <laughs> sand. This is just like like I was like. What is this? It's like I think the only way you can use this sander is with a net disc because otherwise yeah. you have no holes. You have like yeah. no no dust collection. Yeah. <laughs> they just they just put random holes. They didn't look what like most common hole patterns are. Yeah, just I like, need nah. some stick some holes in that man. Yeah, we need holes. Yeah. Do some. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny thing in it, Sam Pepe. Everyone has their own preference. Mm-hmm. And what, what one people one one person loves, another person thinks well, it's not so good. But if you love it, then use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I think my advice for for people wanting to know about sandpaper is just buy some paper 
not too much of it use it see how it is buy something else when it's uh when you run out mm. and just find the one that suits you yeah for my or one sander my 125 <laughs> sander is it 125 isn't it yeah the yeah, 125 sander. yeah i have some trend sandpaper mm. from the routing company trend and that is that's really good sandpaper mm. yeah but i've only got it in the smaller disc size so that's very good Mm. Yeah. So I'm interested with this coffee table you've just made, Pierre, that you gave a mm. light sand to. Mm. Um, is it still covered in pencil marks since you've sanded it? <laughs> finished? No, I did. Deep grooves. <laughs> it's just deep grooves. It's just a nice diagonal pattern on the top, love, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a proper sanding this time, but uh, usually it's my Achilles heel is the sanding yeah. part and the finish part because uh, it's just too boring. No, I mean, the finish part is so nice because it completely changes, no? Yeah, my my wife loves the smell of Rubio. She keeps talking to me when I... She keeps saying, oh, you smell really nice. Now you know what to do, like a beard. and like, Yeah. yeah. yeah put Rubio, can you make a beard oil? <laughs> <laughs> I think if you just put the pure on, you'll be all right, Pierre. Yeah. yeah. Just don't no use hard hardener, though. No hardener. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever you do, don't put ice brown on. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Anything else exciting happening then? Andy, have you anything exciting going on with you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he's You're so productive. Yeah, yeah he's gone I, great. The boy's gone wild, hasn't he? He had a little yeah. spell where he did out for about a month. Yeah, now I need to catch up. Yeah, he's come out of his shell now. <laughs> yeah, I think after, there was after last Monday that I finished the device, right? So the, the device is done. Yeah. It's it's finished, everything. Uh, it works. Uh, that That is all good. Uh, and then I... Then again, I was thinking, what should I do next? Because I don't really go ahead and plan a lot on like what, what my next project is. So I was like walking around. I saw this this rusty axe that actually I bought another axe uh, just recently because the other one was just like we got that like seven years ago from my from my father-in-law, uh, completely rusty, very very old. And I was like, ah, okay. I used it. It works. It doesn't split the wood so good anymore. And I was just like tired. And then I was like, yeah, why not? Let's just see. I cannot lose anything. I'm just going to try to see if I can remove the rust, uh, figure out how to how to sharpen, and then uh, maybe even keep the handle and just sand the handle and, and uh, make it nice again. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at that axe and, and, and online a bit regarding axe restoration. I was like, ah, well, let's just cut off that handle. I, I, don't, I don't need this handle anymore. I just try to do something new myself. So I, I got rid of that, and then I uh, put the blade into into white vinegar for a couple of hours and uh, cleaned it with with steel wool. Came out completely nice. I was I was surprised how easy everything mm. came off, and like super shiny metal came 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 out of mm. it. Uh, and then since I got the Tormac, they have like a, a jig for axes to to hold that you can like clamp in there and, and sharpen the axe, but the axe. As that is 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 very old and like on top, the metal is like bent out like like yeah c- because people were hammering with hammering it right it, yeah. so it was yeah. like coming all over the place so it didn't really fit in there uh, and then <laughs> the, the Tormek people said online yeah just use a file to to like file that part <laughs> off that comes over it's like yeah but we are not talking about like one centimeter <laughs> on both sides right <laughs> yeah. so it's like how what now and 
like my parents are here visiting and my dad said like just use an angle grinder we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut that off uh but since i don't have an angle grinder, he said let's go to bauhaus so we we went to bauhaus our big box store and uh he he, he purchased an angle grinder for me i was like yeah thank you uh, <laughs> that is nice he loves buying tools for me so that's a perfect thing <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we ended up with a, with an angle grinder and some like disc to, uh, what want to cut off like a normal angle grinder cutting disc. But then I also, I didn't know that exists like those sanding wheels or like sanding discs. Yeah. So first of all, we cut off the, this like overhang or whatever it's called, this leftover metal, uh, really shaped it nice again. And then I used this sandpaper and, and like kind of polished and sanded off the, the metal. And now it looks like a, a brand new axe head uh, very very mm-hmm. nice and the the embossed logo of the of the companies is still visible so it's like still looks like the the old one and then i asked some people i figured out there are so many x pros online that are only doing x restoration at least here in sweden uh and i asked a bit around on like if they know that that brand of that of that axe and it seems to be a it was a very small company it's called ura Forsch. Uh, and they existed from 1840 till 1960, mm. so they're they're not they're not around anymore. Uh, and uh, they thought it's like an that the axe is from the 1950s or something from how it was forged and stuff. Mm. So yes, I finished that ha- the the axe head. Uh, I sharpened it on the on the Tormac. Now it's razor sharp. I don't know if you have seen my reel where I was cutting yeah. salami with it. Yeah. So it it actually is like a kitchen knife uh, so that that part was done and then i was thinking what to do with the with the handle and then i asked also a question on discord on like i don't know what what, what, what question i asked something oh, regarding the handle. Oil, wasn't it? oh yeah yeah regarding oil. the swelling of the yes that was the initial yeah. question and then uh, people said like do your own and and turgwork said like just laminate some wood and uh and and use that as a handle because i haven't had uh, enough thick uh, ash for the for the handle so I thought, yeah, why not just to adding two like uh, strips of of uh, walnut uh, on the on the handle. So now it looks like it has like race strips <laughs> on the, <laughs> the, on the handle. Yeah. <laughs> so that that turned out well. I traced the shape of the old handle. Uh, I changed it a bit so to make it a bit a tiny bit shorter uh, and uh, and a bit different in 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 the form. And I I rough cut it on the on the bandsaw, and then I used the 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 the, rand, the, the spindle sander, mm-hmm. uh, and just like started shaping it. That was surprisingly easy on 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 how how that how that worked. Uh, and then I went over with a round over bit, and that that was it. Like with a with a quite large radius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks good. And then, I want to see you. I want to see you get shaved with it, Andy. <laughs> Shavy beard. I was thinking the salami was a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> then the, the the thing that worried me the most is like like shaping the part that goes into the eye of the of the head, right? Like the, mm. that fits exactly. So I like started sanding, chiseling a bit, and the thing is that those they're not the hole in there is not just straight going through, since that is I guess hand forged. So it like. It's it's very different. So the inside is more narrow than the both outsides and stuff yeah. like that. So mm. you cannot just like make it straight. You need to do it as the, the, it's the beveled. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you can only you cannot really bevel the wood, otherwise it doesn't fit in, right? So you need to do like 
the smallest uh, diameter that you can do, and then worried me a bit. But then like cut the the slot for the for the wedge and, uh, mm -hmm. and cut the a wedge out of out of oak. I didn't really know what wood I should take, but uh, I thought like yeah, it sounds like a hardwood. Uh, hammered that in, and uh, <laughs> so far so good. So it 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 feels very wedged. I like hammered that in as as far as I could. Uh, yeah, and then I finished it with 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 Rubio and did some test cuts, and wow, <laughs> it really it it really cuts like splits that wood like super good. Mm -hmm. So that so was. You're gonna, you're gonna start a new line of axe restorations then. Yeah, well, we started Andy looking on Facebook marketplaces for yeah. like old rusty axes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you it was a lot a, of fun. That's a great YouTube video suggestion because axe restoration videos do so yeah. good. Yeah, really. Do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, people like, love them. People love restoration videos for some reason. I filmed it. But I was a bit too lazy as again, like to do too many angles. I still haven't looked at the footage, so I have no idea how that is. Maybe I should just look into it and see. Maybe do a bad video, but maybe I have one at least. Mm. But yeah, I I want to do some more. I want to do like a smaller, like more of a hatchet one uh, to restore one of those. Mm. It's yeah, it, I really like it. It's, you can kind of do your own your own twist on the handle, uh, whatever whatever you you like you want to do. Mm. So that was that was fun, and the axis back in shape uh, and then I finally started now with the whole Kumiko project uh, I got a book from what is it called Merck's Woodworks the, the guy who's doing boxes and, and Kumiko mm. uh, and, and started building a jig or like jigs so I built uh, like a normal cross cut slab but uh, yeah. like a smaller version of it like a very yeah. light lightweight version of it and then you go you build a, a jig with a notch. So basically it's a, yeah. oh, how are they called? Uh, they have a like name. a box joint sort of yeah, thing. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, so like that with a very small notch for, for like one of those grooves for yeah. the for the frame uh, and then also a variable one. So actually you have one that you can put onto that notch so you can do multiples of the first notch. So for, mm. for the inside, that is like a multiple of the outside and stuff like that. So... Very smart solution, actually. Uh, didn't know that you <laughs> can easily do that. <laughs> uh, and then I started cutting some some test strips that I uh, did yesterday, and I think yeah, I put it on on the stories today. So it's mm. it's a quite relaxing work to do, and I was surprised that it's it's not that hard. I was imagining it's it's way harder to get those small little pieces uh, like shaped correctly. Mm. So you made the jig for the angled pieces? That I, I got from Craig. He had them. He said he's not using it right now, so I borrowed them. Uh, they, they, yeah, they seem good. They, okay. I think it's from Bao Woodworks, the, the German guy who, who's selling them. Mm. Yeah. And what are you making? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> a lamp. No, I think I want to do. I think the simplest is to do a box with something like that on top, or yeah. like on the okay. lid. But yeah. for now, I just want to do one of those, like the, like the most standard pattern, to see how that, yeah, how it works, yeah. and then mm. to, yeah, get into it. Cool. Mm. Very good. Yeah, something new. I like doing new stuff, uh, and a bit. Uh, so yeah, it's a slower pace. You need to focus a bit. You cannot 
you cannot rush it. You really need to to go slow to chisel off all those yeah. all those ends. <laughs> but you do need lots of thin strips. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> either either one of your either your jig or or a, a zero clearance insert yeah. plate, I think, is, yeah. is needed. I felt Very a good. bit weird what I was doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was that was my week. A lot of a lot of different things. Yeah, good. And the lights Very are brighter nice. now. So you the can, lights. The, the, the night. The nights are brighter. The nights. Yes. The nights. Mm. Yes. Yeah. We can see it so, on your window. We are a bit yes. dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You always feel a bit more lively when the it's, it's lighter outside. Yeah, mm. um, a bit more energetic. Go get out there a bit more. What have you got? Bum, bum. So Andy, oh, you're oh, first this time. Oh, <laughs> wait, I need to watch my YouTube history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm ready. Um, Yes, <laughs> or not. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, since I, I, I bought a Tormac, uh, and of course, the the place you go to check on how to do it and, and, and uh, how to not do it is, is definitely YouTube. Uh, and uh, it's not an exciting channel. It's like the official channel, like the official Tormac sharpening innovation, I think it, the channel is called. They do a lot of, I mean, they do live sessions, but then they're available afterwards where they, where they show like, all type of different uh, things to sharpen with the different jigs that they have where they it's like one hour long sessions for for all of those different jigs where they they they, they run through they answer questions from from the audience where you yeah you basically see on on how to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> and as I said it looks very simple to do it but uh, in in real life it's it's not that simple mm-hmm. but that is definitely the obsession for for this week the all the different tormek sharpening videos that I've watched Mm-hmm. or the chisels and the kitchen knife I did and also the axe one so yeah it, it, it's fun a lot a lot to learn there as well yeah don't stay still while you're getting sharpened in your house aren't you <laughs> everybody's going on the tarmac hope your mum and dad are moving about a bit much because they'll get, they'll get sharpened <laughs> if they sit too long in a chair <laughs> Yeah. No, but after there's so many knives at home that are dull and scissors. So yeah, I have a, I have a lot to sharpen. No worries. <laughs> Those coat hangers look very sharp behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the, you cannot touch anything anymore, anymore yeah. in my face. <laughs> the door handle is also like... <laughs> yeah, like a death trap. <laughs> yes. No, but that's that's my obsession. Ah, oh, very good. What about yours, Steve? Mine? Well, uh, something a bit different for me this week. I have watched a lot of steaming videos, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll save them for uh, another time. Um, I got... Um, you shouldn't do this, listeners, but you know, we all do it. Um, I got Luke's login details for the Disney Plus at Christmas time because he has Disney Plus. And uh, to watch the Beatles get back, that's why I got the mm. login for that. And I watched that. That was really great. And I've not watched anything else on Disney Plus since then. And then a few days ago, uh, I think Sally and her mum had gone out somewhere to do something. And I thought, what, what, what shall I do? And I, I flicked through the various streaming services and I went to Disney Plus and I went to Star Wars and I started watching The Mandalorian. Have you seen The Mandalorian? 
No. No. So The Mandalorian is a, a series, uh, two, two series, and in Star Wars, the original episodes, you know, with uh, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, those ones, there's a mm. guy and he's a bounty hunter. He, he said, this, I think they say he's a bounty hunter, and he has a, a hat on and a little sight thing on it. And he wears this armor, and he was a Mandalorian. Not that I did not, I didn't know that at the time, but anyway, he is a Mandalorian. So Mandalorians are like uh, bounty hunters, and they have a code and a creed. And it's about one guy, Mando, the Mandalorian, and uh, and I thought innovative. This is gonna, yeah, this is this is going to. I think that's just his nickname. He does have a proper. He probably has a proper real name, but he's just known as Mando. Hmm. And uh, I thought this is going to be a lot of rubbish. Man, I was hooked. I'm on series two now. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, there's a bit of a spoiler if you haven't watched it, but it is really the story's very good, and they're only half an hour long which I like that sort of thing. Mm. And he gets a mission to go and kill something. But he's, not too sh- he's got to go and find this asset and kill it, but he doesn't know what it is. And when he gets there and he opens up this thing and he's got to kill this thing, it's a baby Yoda, mm. a little tiny baby Yoda, and he can't kill him. And now his mission in life is to protect baby Yoda and take him to meet the uh, Jedi. And great show so i'm on series two now mm. but the but your little yoda is so funny he's always hungry and he's always eating everything and whatever he eats usually ends up as a bit of a disaster yet this spider then like a hundred million spiders came trying to kill them because he'd eaten one of the spider's eggs but yes very good very good yes uh, <laughs> a mandalorian <laughs> on disney plus and lots of people make mandalorian helmets yeah i've seen that Yes, yeah. Somebody we know very well has just recently made some Mandalorian mm-hmm. helmets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll hear yeah. more about them. We might hear a bit more about these helmets. So um, I think perhaps we should make our own up with some cardboard just to for next week. <laughs> Pierre has a 3D printer. He can print yeah. those. <laughs> it just take takes five than, weeks, I guess. It'll to take print more one. than a week to print one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, my obsession is the Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Noise. What's yours, Pierre? Well, the maker community is all about sharing, right? So yes, I'm gonna shout out another podcast. It's new. Um, it's by Zach Builds that I think I've mentioned before, and Eric of uh, Spensley Design Co. Mm-hmm. They have a podcast called Off the Cut. I think they're like five or six episodes in. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I, I really need podcasts when I'm in the w- workshop. I, yeah. I enjoy listening to it rather than music nowadays. So, and I, I, I had run out this week. So I was, <laughs> I had a vague memory of uh, seeing a post on YouTube, I think, about a new woodworking podcast. So I listened to it and I really enjoy it. So, off the cut podcast, which is really similar to another podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we won't mention. But... <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, sounds good. How many mm, have, yeah. have you started, Pierre? Yeah, have just you... started. I think six episodes in, or something like that. Mm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, really, really good. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I listened to episode 22 of Branche Handwork today. And they mentioned me and you, Pierre. I don't know what they were saying about me and you, but we got to mention. You were you uh, the 3D, you were the go, go-to guy for... Yeah, lasering. they were talking about lasers, yeah, because Marius, yeah. Is, uh, uh, he talked to me about getting a laser. Yeah. And he had been looking on, on some laser called um, from X, a company called X-Tool and was wondering yeah. okay. if that was something to get. It's yeah, quite funny about that machine because I've been uh, contacted by a couple of uh, companies now that want to send me uh, a machine, and I've I've said no. What? Like I, like okay. I said, <laughs> but but they said we saw your video of the X tool. Uh, it was really good. That's how. <laughs> that's usually how they start their emails. But yeah. I never did a video about an X tool laser. <laughs> so it's this generic <laughs> mail that they send out. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you were the you were the go to guy for lasering, and then they said. Steve Bell, two millimeter. I don't know what that was about. Maybe the size? <laughs> yeah, the size, yeah. Two meters, they should have said. Two meters, not two millimeters. Yeah, I can't remember what I can't, they said. I, Just Steve Bell, in the two millimeter. Yeah. And there we go. It's, re- it's very nice that you're still listening, even though yeah, still. <laughs> you don't understand. I understand the word they're saying. No. I like it when they do. <laughs> yeah, I tune in every week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to say, uh, I have got some uh, exciting news. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I've been invited to take part in an interview. Nice. What about? I like, what is it, what is it about? Uh, so, uh, there's DSX Woodworking on Instagram, an English guy. And every Thursday, he does an interview on Instagram Live. Mm. And he mm. asked me, could he interview me on Thursday, the 7th of April? Nice. Wow. The account, one more time, what was it called? DSX Woodworking. DSX Woodworking, yeah. And he does one every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But he does it at 9 o'clock the UK time, which will be 10 o'clock Swedish time. You guys will be in bed. Yeah, I'll be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Exciting. So, yeah. God knows what I'm going to be asked, but anyway. I'll, I'll you know, tell him all about three Northern Megs. Good. Andy and his tall Meg. Oh. <laughs> Razor sharp, axe, mad man, Andy. Okay. Well, time's flown by again in podcast land. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have we learned tonight? Steve's got a set. Steve's bought, splashed out, and bought six plastic bags <laughs> for two pounds thirty. Andy has splashed out God knows how much money on a Tormek machine. And Pierre says he sanded a table when he hasn't sanded a table. <laughs> and it's still very rough and <laughs> he hates the ends of projects yeah I do yeah. okay well I think that's all for this time next time we'll be we'll be 40 years old next time Ooh, with a special uh, guest 40 weeks old should I say not 40 years old 40 weeks old 
And yes, we have a special guest. Oh. So we can't wait for that. Um, so we'll see you next time. So it's goodbye yeah. from me. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all for this week. Hope you enjoyed it because we had a fun time making it. Please leave us a review, like us, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us at 3northernmakers at gmail.com. You can send in your questions and comments. We'd love to hear from you. So once again, a big thank you. Cheers.